podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and welcome back to another TAT pod. Um, <laughs> another one is going to be some tricky conversations, I'm pretty sure, uh, with myself and the Moon and Ram, two returning uh, members of the podcast. So, yeah. Thank you, boys, for jumping on once again. And um, yeah, how are how are you, uh, Mahmoud? Coming back once again, uh, second or third pod now. So, how's things been, my friend? You're on mute, bro. Yeah, what a <laughs> stupid mistake. But anyway, I was just gonna say I've been good. Um, everything's been good for me personally, but but yeah, it's not been good on the football side, unfortunately. Unfortunately. No, definitely not me. And we're going to get into it. There's a lot to discuss today. And um, Ram, you join us again. Um, we seem to get you on whenever we lose, mate. So I thought we'd keep the trend. How are you doing, mate? Yeah, man. Like that, I just want to echo what Mo said. Everything's good outside of football, man. <laughs> Liverpool keep on uh, keep on doing this to us. And, I, and I'm, I'm ready to chop it up. We're going to have some serious conversations right now. Some serious ones. We have to, mate, and you know, people people say I'm too positive. Oh no, you 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 breed this toxicity that's positive, and I I've never understood that myself. But apparently, that's what I do. But even me, mate, um, you know, as optimistic as they come with this club, it's it's the club that I love. The it's literally my life, and even I'm losing the world to live. So we're gonna get into it. Um, but let's let's start from the Wolves game. I think that's the obvious place to start. We haven't really um spoken about it. Uh, at all really this is like the second or third day since the game uh but we're gonna get some comments some of you guys are in the building so before we do go on to that cvg is a premier league winner we are gonna touch on that as well briefly um big old pally mate you're always in here nice to see you Mohammed says just want to say uh mahmoud said we can get top four last live listen mahmoud might still believe that if his opinion has changed we'll, <laughs> we'll find out uh but good to see you paying attention mohammed that's uh that's the most important thing and uh um, says it's simple we just got to take it support our manager he's our greatest asset i couldn't agree more but let's get into it mate um you know what um i'm gonna come to you ram first because um yeah i've not spoken to you for a while mate Let's just go to the start of the game, mate. I mean, <laughs> everything that happened that was bad pretty much happened in the first 12 minutes anyway. So I guess that's where we have to start, the opening 12 minutes, you know, from the from the off, mate. How, how was that game for you, watching that unfold before your very eyes? That was embarrassing, man. It was literally embarrassing. After the first 15 minutes, I shut the game off. But it was that bad. Um I I seriously question some of our players' uh, motivation at this point. Um, some of the defending was piss poor. Even worse, it was worse than that. Um, I said I said this last time, and I'll say it again. The only player I feel sorry for is Alison Becker because he has to put up with the people that's right in front of him. Joe Gomez pick- taking the ball out of his hands. Yeah, having to pick the ball out of the neck three times and he tries his best to save our football club and almost carry our team and sort of drags us to draws or wins. That's not on a goalkeeper. Like the last, I saw a clip of the last, like when he, I think it was like a counter-attack from Wolves and the guy's just running through midfield. Like he, like, like he's standing saying, I'm going to take it on myself because no one else wants to do it. <laughs> That says it. That says it all, man. That says it all. There has to be conversations. Like, I wanna. There's one specific, particular person I want to talk about because he is earning the most out of our club, earns a significant amount compared to the rest of your team. And people want to say he's arguably the greatest Premier League Liverpool player of all time. Well, mainly rival fans want to say that. We'll have conversations about that because certain players in the past for Liverpool Football Club never did what he did in my opinion Listen mate the the title of the stream is um, tough conversations and you know you're right we're going to have to have some of those today and Mahmoud just touching on those first 12 minutes mate I mean like Ram rightfully says it was embarrassing you know this is a Wolves team who I believe they were the uh, worst attacking side in the league before this game I think they still might be even with those three goals Um and they've put three goals passes inside 12 minutes. 
It's, you know, six and sevens at the back. Joe Matip is absolutely disgraceful what he did for that first goal. Then, like I said, to Ram, um, Joe Gomez taking the ball out of Allison when he's clearly comfortable. Um, so what went wrong, mate? Like, how, why are we starting games like this? Because I know James Pierce seemed, wanted to ask a question about it. Klopp seemed to shut him down and didn't want to talk to him. But he was right in a sense, wasn't he? Yeah, I was going to say it's the body language. It's the body language, the application. Again, the one thing that I, I agree with Klopp when he speaks about this in his, in his press conferences is simply about how how we approach these games and how we start off games. Like, th- this was an issue that I started from the beginning, from the, somewhere somewhere between the end of the midpoint of last season where we started off games so badly. And But the difference is this season, what, what the, reaction is so poor, the reaction is so poor this season. And that's simply because of a confidence issue. The board, like, you, you see, if we see the first goal concede, you see Trent's... Uh, shake his head, sigh. You see, Matip sigh. Allison was the only one who showed he showed some sort of aggression. But on mm-hmm. the um, on the on the James Pierce uh, press conference thing, I, I was I, I wanted to add. I, I do quite I do feel quite sorry for him in the sense that he was asking he was asking a very fair question, and mm. I know people which were some were, uh, were trying to discredit James and and try to get onto him. But people have to remember, Klopp's Klopp's not try Klopp's not saying. Uh, um, Klopp's, not, Klopp's, not, Klopp's not refusing to speak to James because he's defending FSG or because because of the reasons we don't like James Pierce. He's saying he's saying he's saying he doesn't he, he doesn't want to answer Klopp's question simply because of the things of the of the tough of, of, of because of the tough articles he's asked um, he's he's written about Klopp. So I don't I don't I don't want to jump on the James Pierce band uh, hate bandwagon or anything like that, but. It was a very valid question, and and and, and his re- the reply he gave was quite poor. Again, he's not. He, it's like he wants to take all the responsibility himself. Say, I have to fix it. I have to do this. But we're, we're, instead of actually pointing at the core issue, the crux of the issue, so it's a shame, in my opinion. Yeah, look, there's some beef there between Klopp and Pierce, and it stems back a, a long time. I think last season James Pierce wrote a piece about. Klopp demanding red cards at Old Trafford, which apparently didn't happen ever. So obviously there's some sort of crutch there. And I know James Pierce is again, he's got um, a mixed reception in the Liverpool fan base. But look, his question and his job to, in that press conference was to ask him a question. He asked him, like you say, very, very valid, very valid question, a hundred percent. And um, yeah, Klopp just hit out on him. But um, yeah, going back to the game, I mean, my opinion on it in 12 minutes is... You know, I'm at this stage now where when Liverpool concede that early on, uh, I just think, did anyone expect anything else? Like, we've been doing this for so long now. We've been... And you know what? The most frustrating thing is, boys, it's like teams aren't even doing anything to get a goal. Like, we're not making it hard for them. They literally have to run down the wing or walk through our midfield and we will make a mistake. Like, Joel Matip, again, for that first goal. And I I have to call out Joel Matip so much now, right? Because... Virgil van Dijk has not been anywhere near, in my opinion, as bad as Joel Matic this season. Yet he's the one catching strays. He's the one that everyone's going at because of, I get it, how big he is in the game and how, you know, good he's been over the last five years. Um, I get it. Virgil's the one that's inevitably going to get the stick. But Joel Matip, um, you know, as good as he's been for us over the last four or five seasons as well, at the minute, he's absolutely shocking. And Gomez as well, you know, he signed a new deal recently. I personally thought we should have sold him when his stock was high. I think we could have got a decent amount of money for him. Absolutely no chance now. No one's going to want to buy him. You'd probably be better off using him as a backup right back than playing him centre back right now. Um, and if Virgil's not fit for 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 Monday night, then I'm genuinely wor- worried against Everton at home. And obviously they've got Sean Dyche in now. I mean. I said it, and this is going off topic a bit, this talk about Everton. Um, the Everton-Arsenal game, I said to my brother, like, these set pieces are a problem. Ten minutes later, they score from a set piece. Imagine that against us. You know, these centre-backs, they don't know where they need to be at what time. Um, it's just basics. It's, it's honestly football basics that they're struggling to do. Stuff you taught as a kid. Um, you know, I don't, I, I've watched that goal, that first goal, um, so many times, and I still can't come up with an explanation as to what John Matip has decided to do. Likewise for Gomez, Allison, the best goalkeeper in the world, the best goalkeeper we've had in our lifetime. He's come out for the ball. Leave it to him. You know, you don't need to make yourself a hero. Just leave it to the keeper. Let him do his job. And he's obviously put it back here and then they've scored and it's just a mess. And you know what? 
I'm not going to give them any credit. They don't deserve any credit. But the response to that was actually semi-decent. I thought second half, it looked like we were definitely going to get back in the game. Um, we created a few chances. I remember that one from Trent over the top to Nunes. I think in the first half, Nunes should have squared it to Salah. A tap-in for Salah, the game changes. Um, Trent, I didn't think was too bad, to be fair. I think he created a few chances. But yeah, just absolutely shocking all around. And it's at that point now, isn't it, Ram, where... When if we if we even go one goal down, you know we're not going to win. But two goals down, it's impossible. And these guys are supposed to be mentality monsters. Hundred percent, hundred percent. There's a, there has to be at some point we need to have a discussion about not only the midfield, this, the defense, the, the forwards. Like we, it's very easy for us to go at the midfield, but there's not a lot of heat going to the forwards or even to the defenders. Like, it's, it, I think certain players and centre-back has been criticised, and rightly so, Joe Gomez, for example. But I think no matter how much I love the guy, Robbo hasn't been the same either. Like, Robbo's yeah. yes, uh, yes against Wolves was very poor. He was very poor, and he's not, he's not playing at the level that he's expected to play. And granted... <laughs> I, have the, I think the reason behind that is because he's been running to the ground, which comes back to Jurgen Klopp. Uh, why don't you ra- rotate him as much? Not only does he play for Liverpool, he plays for Scotland. And he has to carry the weight of a country on his shoulders because he's also captain. Like Stuff like that, you can, you can understand. But people don't really want to talk about it. I don't know why they don't want to talk about it, but it is what it is. Like For me... It's, it's easy to go at the midfield saying like, oh, it's not good enough. It gets overrun. But individual errors at the back cost us. And that's mm-hmm. what, what that's not what you associate with Liverpool over the past six seasons. Granted, maybe the 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 time when we got all our centre-backs injured, maybe. But before that, last season, definitely not. We were saying that Joe, Joel Matip and Van Dijk were the best centre-backs in the Premier League last season. And then 2019-20, yeah. 2018-19, like, come on, we have to we have to wake up and smell the coffee. It's not only the midfield, it's also the forwards and it's also the defence as well. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I don't think enough has been said about the other two areas. And Mahmoud, just on the back of that, Rams made a very good point, it's every area. So is it the system that's failing or is it the personnel or is it both? I don't think I can really blame the actual core principles of Klopp or the, or the way Klopp wants to approach games because I've seen I've seen moments and periods and games since the beginning of the season where it looks like once the application is there, once the intensity is there, the decision works perfectly. I remember the Ajax game where you at home that was a fantastic game, like one of one of our one of our best games this season. You look at some you look at some of the games this season where you play the Diamond against Rangers against against Tottenham against, against Spurs. You look you look at the way they played against City. That it's the same Spurs. Spurs Spurs were in fact in a better moment when we beat them two one two one early in the season. We we defended hard. The midfield was hard, and our, and we, we were decisive. We were very decisive in uh, offensively. But to but to, but to say but but to talk about whether it's a system or personnel, I I, I have to say I have to, I have to say a quite easy answer. Say it's, it's it's a mix of both in my opinion because. You look at the game yesterday, for example, us making Matip, Matip scoring on goals or us making individual errors or little laps of concentrations are, are things that happen. It happened last season when we went on a when we went on a fantastic run. It happened, it, it can happen, it can happen to us. But it's more about it's more about the reaction and, and the way we respond to it. We can see the first and, and the second goal yesterday. And 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 yes, you're right. We had the we had the, we had the end of the first half we were, we were good, but it's the body language and it's the, it's the, and, and us not being decisive in key, key moments like for example, if Nunes scores, if Nunes if Nunes scores the sign and we score, you're right, it could be a different game, but we're not decisive anymore. It's, it's, it's compound of both, in my opinion. Or you look at the Brent, the Brentford game um, um, early in the season where we lost three, where we lost three one. Yep. If Nunes scores, if Nunes scores that one that one on one chance he had before before we continue with the goal, the game could be very different again. The reality is that we're not decisive anymore, and 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 the games keep the game the game goes beyond us. We lose we lose control of the game, and that's and that's and that's when we we completely collapse. So. I, I honestly think it's a, it's, it's a mix, it's a compound, of, it's, it's, it's so many different issues that have just compounded in, in this big mess we have. Yes, there's, there's systemic failures, 100%. You look at the way Salah's playing right now, he's nowhere near where he's nowhere near uh, um, performing the way he used to perform simply because the reality is that I don't think the system is is is, is, is accommodating anymore. He's having less touches in the box. 
he has 11 less touches the box, less shots on target. He's not nowhere near involved in central areas as he used to be. People talk about Salah um, being wide being the only reason. Salah was wide last season as well. His touch map was was arcing wide the last two years also. So I can't. I don't want to say it's simply because Salah's playing wide. It's, it's it's because of the other attackers near him. It's the other two attackers near him. The dynamic, the chemistry of the other two attackers don't suit the way Salah plays. You look at Nunes, who never drops deep, who never, who, who, who always wants to win headers and run forward rather than running backwards, as, as Firmino or maybe Ajoti used to do. So yeah, it's it's so many. It's, it's a personal issue, hundred percent. But it's also it's, it's also application intensity, like I mentioned, like I touched on earlier. I agree, and I feel like we've just done the same thing for too long, and we've kind of been found out. And I, I even think this goes back to last season. I think last season um, we were guilty of this as well. Teams finding a way to you know defend against us, but the problem with last season is there were games where we had individual brilliance. There were moments of madness. There were moments where Salah would just get a goal or when Diaz came in, he'd do something special or um, Mane or Jota. And a lot of the games were winning by one goal or scraping a two-goal lead. And it seemed to, to kind of paper over the cracks. But when we haven't got that individual brilliance and Mo Salah isn't doing his job and obviously Diaz and Diogo are absolutely insane losses. I can't stress enough how big of a losses those two guys are. Uh, I said it at the time, as soon as I knew Diogo wasn't coming back anytime soon, I said we're in trouble because now we're relying on Nunes. Diaz was already gone because I think Diogo came back in and got injured again. Um, and then when we signed Gakpo, we were all of a sudden relying on two players who still, let's be honest, Nunes hasn't, he's he's not adapted at that point when we signed Gakpo fully. So we're relying on two players, two new players to carry us really. And then Harvey Elliott on the left wing and it was just a mess. So I knew as soon as those two attackers went that we'd be in, in trouble. And um, I think it's just that, that teams have found a way to defend against us. You sit back, you you know, you stay compact. We're not breaking you down. You get the ball, you walk through our midfield, you've got a chance. It's as simple as that. And it's exactly what Everton are going to do. I am petrified of Onana on Monday night because he's unreal. I hate to say it because he's an Everton player. I was going to say, I touched, I touched on this last time. Like, we have two brand new players, brand new to this club, brand new to the way we play, brand new to the way the club system, and they're being thrown in each game to start the game. Nunes, Nunes, and Gakpo. I think, and also what I think people, um, because of how bad it is, also forget that before the World Cup, it, it was never this bad. Like, yes, yes, we had pressing issues. Yes, we had a few issues. We, we didn't start in fantastic form, but it was never yeah. this bad in the sense that we would be poor from start to finish. It was it like, like, like if you look at some of the games, I think we went, I think after the Arsenal game, where we lost 3-2, we were on a decent stretch of games where we were playing, we were playing at a good level and and the attack was fine and the midfield was fine. Klopp was tweaking with the, with the diamond and the four and the four and, and the four four two. 4 mm-hmm. But because we've lost more plays and we're having to, first of all, you look, you look at the, like, what's the common phrase of football? The first line of defence is the attack is not. You have Gakpo, Nunes and Salah. Gakpo and, Gakpo and Nunes, two new players you don't know how to play in the system, leading, leading the way we press, leading the way we attack. It's, 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 from, from, it should be, it should be clear that this is going to be a mess, and it, and, and it has been a mess so far. So, mm. like, no, nobody should be surprised that you, two new attackers who, who don't get the chemistry, who are not, who haven't combined with each other, who haven't created patterns, they are obviously not going to perform. So, mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I hope Diaz and Jota can, as soon as they come back, can be integrated as soon as possible. Hopefully, because I only see that Jota is the only chance of being remembered. Not, not saying that Jota is going to score the winning goal. But just having a different solution, having a different dynamic. Mm-hmm. When Nunes, let's, let's say Jota starts the game and Nunes and and and, and Jota does always, and Nunes comes off the bench, or Nunes starts the game and it's not working out, Jota comes off the bench. Like we need different solutions. But we'll see, we'll see what happens. For me, if if Diogo's fit for that game, it's it's, it's straightforward for me. Darwin on the left, Diogo up front, Salah on the right. But that's for a different topic. Uh, Ram, coming back to you, mate. We're going to have to talk about this man. Um, we've already alluded to him a little bit, but obviously. The fan base on social media is a meltdown. I'm seeing Klopp out flying around. Um, I'm pretty sure we'll all be in the same boat, but we have to talk about this. Where are you at with the manager, mate? What are you What are you feeling? Are you Are you Klopp out? Will you ever be Klopp out? Or what are you saying, mate? Talk to me. Will I ever be Klopp out? Um, yes, there will be a time where if things don't go any better, um, then we have to have serious conversations about the man. Um, no matter how much love I have for the guy, he's not Liverpool Football Club. Um, and I've had these conversations with Jerry, with G. There is life after Jurgen Klopp, and I've already thought about it. So I, I'm, I don't, I don't, I am at a point where I am. I don't see Jurgen Klopp 
as the guy that will just carry Liverpool until until he leaves. I've already seen what's happened. What, what I've already seen what could happen out, out after Jurgen Klopp leaves. So for me, there will be a time if things don't go well that I will question the manager's secure job security. At this moment, no, I don't think so. I think his. I don't want to like. I don't like using this, but the credit in the bank. I think, given the fact that we are getting new owners, even though I don't know what's going on with that, we're getting investment. I think he deserves that little bit of investment. See what he can do with the what the money we, he has, mm-hmm. um, unlimited money and the money that he needs as well. People will say, "Oh, he we seen what he's done with money. He puts it on forwards." Well, what was it? What if the case of we have owners where we don't need to spend it on just one player. We can spend it on three or four players if that is necessary. What about that? Um, and I think he deserves it in a sense that he has at times been held at ransom by the owners and have been let down by the owners. So I think he does deserve that, but that doesn't mean he's abstained from criticism. Jurgen Klopp, tactically... And in game, has been the worst manager in the league, arguably this season. He has. Um, in game, he has cost us games. He has cost us going from draws to losses. He has cost us from going from wins to draws. He's he has done that numerous times this season, um, and he deserves a lot of criticism that he's getting. Um, and this constant arrogance to play the way that he wants to play, even though the team is not built and not set up right and the physicality is not there anymore, is an absolute disregard for the benefits of the football club. Um, And he deserves a lot of criticism for that. The guy needs to fix up ASAP. Otherwise, more people will turn on him and more people will demand him out and there'll be more pressure on him. And at some point, the pressure will crack. And he will crack on the At some point, he will. That's how it goes. Yeah, sorry, I'm just laughing at a comment. Someone said, my mate Kev says, uh, Ram's a time traveller. How can he have seen that? There's life after Jürgen Klopp, man. There's all, there's life after Jürgen Klopp. I can see the future, man. I'll, 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 I'll quickly add on what Ram's saying. Go on, go, go, just, go just quickly, just quickly, just to end. Um, the guy manages Bayer Leverkusen and he's Spanish. Oh, hello, NSO. Ah, oh, not yet, though. 2030, I say. 2030. I've, I've, I've got a different guy also, but we, we can speak. Let's not, no, no, no. I don't want to talk no. about. Nah, we're we'll talking about Jurgen Klopp. We're not talking yeah, about yeah. anyone else. Anyway, 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 anyway. <laughs> go on, man. Quickly, on the, um, on the Jurgen, Jurgen Klopp point, I was going to say, in terms of, in, I was going to say, Rams Ram is absolutely right in terms of Klopp. Being quite quite stubborn and arrogant in, in the way he wants to play, and and the reason why Klopp is going to get is is, is deserves his criticism is also because he, at the end of the day he has to find solutions. Yes, okay, cool. We can we could talk about the 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 overarching issues, not enough investment, not enough midfielders, etc. 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 But at the end of the day, with the transfer window shut now, he has to find solutions. Yep. He has to accept this is the squad that I'm with right now. Whatever happens, the summer's going to happen. If I'm going to sign more players, if Belling was going to come, if I'm going to get a team, etc. What can I do to ensure that Liverpool can perform? And get the best possible result at the end of the season. When 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 he approaches Real Madrid game, is he gonna is he gonna continue to try play the way he wants try play the way he played in the final, knowing that he doesn't have the same players anymore? Is he gonna try play that same way? He has to adapt, and those, and that's one of the, that's one of the few things that 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 club historically has never has never proved. We looked at um, remember two seasons ago in, in that in that COVID no fans era when where for seven eight games in a row we lost six home games in a row we were in a bad bad two months two month stretch and he played the exact same way and it's eventually we got into that 10 game winning stretch but we were, we were saved by 10 games out of a 38 game season where we, we secured top four and that's and end of the day whether we like it or not it's the other teams falling off like Chelsea bottling it at the last end of the season etc and, and Arsenal and, and Arsenal Spurs also so it was in the sense that oh Klopp saved Klopp's brilliant saves in the last 10 games we we, we went we went on a nice 10 game on being which goes to top four but the rest of the season was crap up until from Christmas to March it was crap and, and that March to, that January to March period was the period Pep Guardiola won the league when he went on that 20, 20 game winning run and, and and also, mm. look at we we look at I, I, we if you look at some of the rhetoric that differs between managers like Pep and managers like Fergie and managers Klopp, 
these these two managers, Pepper Fergie, they always talk about changing and shaking things up. You remember the um the press conference Pep had that fear, not the one, not the one yesterday, but the first one he had after after he beat Spurs 4-2. He was talking about I don't recognize my team anymore, etc. One of the mm-hmm. key things I took from that, he, he focused on this one about shaking things up, about things having to change, about either he has to change or the players have to change. And I think we're, 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 in this, we're, we're reaching this dilemma now, also a little bit since that. Either we need to get 11 new players or 7 to 8 new players or the manager needs to change. Things have to change eventually. Changes Whether in football, natural things come to a natural end. The changes changes of guards have to happen. We're, we're not immune to that. For seven years, we've, en- we've enjoyed the brilliance of Klopp. And now things, now things have to change, whether that be the players or whether that be the... The manager, and so we'll see which one which one goes first. But I do think I do think Ram is right. Rams is right in the sense that I think Klopp has way too much credit in the bank. I don't think the fans in the stadium will ever turn on him. I remember I said it before: Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Manchester United fans. I don't I don't remember I don't even remember a few views even, and that goes seriously bad. And he he has nowhere near as much credit as Klopp does. So I don't think Klopp will ever mm-hmm. be in a situation where he ever feels pressure to leave. The fans ever boo him, or or he ever feels some sort of like thing he has to come from here. He has to come from him. And that's why that's why I pay attention to so much of these press conferences of club. I I, I want to see that retro frame. I want to see him, see see where he's going with this. And 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 right now, I think we're all disappointed in in these press conferences where he he when 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 these journalists like James Pierce do ask very good questions. Sometimes I know we complain about journalists, but they they're, they're talking about themes and and the pressing issues extra. And he always deflects. He always deflects. He deflects in a way where he likes to take all the responsibility and say, "I'm going to defend you. I'm going to defend my players. I'm going to take all the responsibility." But he doesn't really touch on it. It's the same club that. A few weeks ago, in the January transfer window, when we when we were speaking about midfielders, he said that I have se- I have seven midfielders. Why would I need, why would I need another one? So when he when when he speaks like this, of course, of course, the way social media, he's he's gonna have to take the heat at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. But yeah, at, at the end of the day, I can't see a situation where if we're, if we're gonna talk about club and we're gonna actually talk about whether any potential against, I don't think that I don't think we'll ever reach that situation. Not not this season anyway. I'll, I'll never happen. No, def- definitely not. And, no, and, no situation where the fans where he where. There's any toxicity around the club because of the stadium. No. I don't think I don't think that happened either. But but we'll see which one goes first because something has to shake eventually. Yeah, a hundred percent. And you're asking which one goes first, and I'm just going to be real, guys. I would sell every single player in that team before I, I lose Jurgen Klopp, and that's just my opinion. That's how uh, I feel. I was going to say quickly that the doorman, the doorman director, um, uh, at a year back, spoke about the time where he was he was sporting director at Dortmund where Klopp was manager. And he said it himself. He says that I'd, when I look back on it, he thinks it was a mistake not changing the players before changing the manager. Club mm-hmm. eventually left. Mm-hmm. He had a, a very deteriorated squad where all his best players were sold to buy and not enough investment in the squad. He was left with players that he only, doesn't... So, sorry, but just to add, it wasn't only that. It was the fact that the director, the t- I think it was, what's his name? The CEO or someone like that, Watzka. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't remember his name. He authorised signings like Immobile where Klopp said I don't want Immobile I wanted other people exactly. but you're signing players that you want to sign and that's when you yeah know. yeah exactly. and, and that's and he, that sorry yeah, that say, goes with my he, point like, oh go on you finish you finish no, I was going to say he said exactly no, that, no, he said exactly that he regrets not changing the he regrets not changing the players first before he changes the manager and so I don't I so I don't want to go I don't want to be in a few years back where we're, we're in the gut and say oh why do we change the manager I don't want to I don't want to be too harsh on club just yet but yeah like I said the fundamental point is that something has to shake that's that's the, that's the main point whether we the let me just say my piece on yeah no no it's just pretty much what what Mo just said really um I I will always so like I'll stand by it. I'll get rid of all these players before I lose Jurgen Klopp. And people might say that's sentimental or whatever. Maybe it is, but for me, there's nobody out there that I would be prepared to come into this job right now. Maybe in two years' time, maybe three years' time, but right now, no. Not with this set of players, not with these owners. And that is the important thing I think people need to remember. If you're prepared to lose Jurgen Klopp, you need to bring somebody in that is capable of getting a tune out of this squad and working with these owners, which is, again, two very, very hard things to do. Uh, Jurgen Klopp, for me, has done far more than what, you know, I I expected him to do, to be honest. When he came in, there was no way I thought he was going to win every single trophy. That's his... Ex- he's changed expectations. I thought, okay, maybe we'll, you know, maybe win a league or maybe win a Champions League. We'll at least be competitive again. I never once thought we'd be sat here saying we've won every single trophy in the space of six years. Never thought that. So for me, yes, he's done everything. 
and our expectations have changed because of how good he's made us, because of how good of a team he built. But like like Murray said, when the time comes for change, you have to make the changes. You know, signing Henderson on the deal, um, the same wage as Alisson Becker, a scandalous decision. Keeping on players like Joe Gomez when you can cash in. A bang average player. We could have got another backup. We could have just gone in the market and signed another backup for 15 mil. I was going to say, just so clearly, go on, go on, go on. I was going to say. Okay, mine's quickly. I was going to say quickly on the on on, on your point. You guys remember a year back that famous that one of the famous calls from Klopp. Alex Alex Oxlade Chamberlain offers me a dynamic that I I can't replace in the market. Klopp said mm-hmm. that by the way. So mm-hmm. again, rhetoric comes from Klopp. He defends he defends these plays of all his life. He he talks about I don't I don't need plays. The solutions are within my squad, etc. So that 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 that's why. That's why I don't know if the fans in the stadium or the fans such they might not ever see, but he's gonna he's gonna he has to take all this heat because he talks about the squad being made for him. He talks about how he has the best fit defenders award. He has to take the heat at the end of the day. That's why that's why that's why so much criticism is gonna eventually be aimed towards Klopp. Do you know what doesn't help as well um, with what you said? Because um, at some point in some press conferences, he also says stuff like, "Well, if I want to get rid of a player, I need to find the replacement first before I can get rid of them." Like stuff like that is like, well, why can't you find the specific player that you need? Like if you want to find, if you want to spend money, and you want to get, we want to refresh things, then why don't you demand it? Like, is you're the manager? You've got. I can tell you one midfielder, mate, and he's at Wolves, and he's absolutely destroying us every time he plays against us. No, 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 Ben. The worst, the worst one was this transfer. The worst one, and it it made my blood boil. Marcel Sabitzer. Who I, I said this today, 20, by the way, in a group chat. We should have gone in, in through. Tw- in, 2020, in 2021, I wanted him. I wanted us to sign him from Leipzig as a dynamic midfielder that could offer us something different that we haven't got. We haven't had since probably Oxley chamberlain before the injuries. Um, and the comments were coming in from the journalists saying, Liverpool are looking at options from the big clubs to see if there's any player surplus to requirements so we can bring them in on a loan. What the hell were we doing when we when Manchester United rocked up to Bayern Munich and asked for Marcel Sabitzer, a guy that is clearly capable of playing a club system and is clearly capable of being a starter within our team? What is this club doing? What were they doing for the past... Mm, Chelsea and Zakaria as well. January? And Ben, I said this before in your stream. Mm-hmm. We went to Juventus to go in for a midfielder <laughs> and came back with the wrong midfielder. Make it. We make took sense. a cartoon character, man. Like, literally, also, like, literally, we went. We went to Juventus to get a midfielder. The perfect midfielder was right out of Juventus, and we didn't get him. We got the wrong one. How can we? Even Rabio would have been a better. Shot. Even he would have made more sense than Altamelo, mm-hmm. but. It's the club. The club. It's the just club pla- It's just poor planning yet again, isn't it, Mo? Mm. Exactly, and, and it's such a shame because what we, one of one of the things we used to we used to get so much praise for was about how Liverpool are run so perfectly. Liverpool mm-hmm. had the best transfer. Liverpool, Michael, the excellent Michael Edwards, Michael, Michael Edwards is doing, and, and Julian Ward. And now one one of the, one of the topics you probably should touch on is, is how behind the scenes everyone is leaving. You have our uh, uh, you have Julian. Imagine our sporting director, the guy the guy who's meant to replace Michael Edwards, Michael Edwards. <laughs> for about what seven eight years way before I mean nine years I think way because he became way before Klopp came for mm-hmm. so long and the guy the guy that was meant to replace him is leaving in the first season of the job then you have some other 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 guys in key roles leaving also so clearly something there's something there's something happening at the behind the clubs and maybe maybe it explains why recently like our transfers doesn't really seem that doesn't really make sense in the sense that perhaps we don't we, we don't know the, the plan of system clocks and the career ever, but it doesn't seem right in the moment. I mean, so much of our signings in the past it made sense in in, in, in we can look back on it like Navigator made sense or or Chamberlain made sense or like um I'm trying to think of some other some other Sakonati made sense. When 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 we went, when we tried to sign Tushimini, it made sense or Thiago made sense. Like these some of the plays which we were signing in the past made sense and now it doesn't really make sense. Like it would like I got Gagpo he's a welcome addition to squad. But in the moment when we were linked to him, I didn't, I, I didn't really see why at this moment it would make sense to sign him. I know perhaps maybe in the summer he, he might have left us and he was a key target. But or, no, or just Nunes- to jump in there, I saw I saw a debate on Twitter. Um, 
And it's, it's in fact, it was in Born and Red stream yesterday as well. Would Oxley Chamberlain on the wing for three or four games have been any worse off than Cody Gakpo? And they say, oh, I know Gakpo's played as a centre for most games, so yeah. it's kind of not fair. But like the point is valid, and I thought that was a really good point. And this is no way me, you or Ram slagging off Gakpo saying that he's not going to be good because I think he will come good once Liverpool are, are firing on all cylinders once again. But at this moment in time, when the club's in absolute disarray and you kind of need players that know the players, know the club. Would it not have been better to just use Ox in an attacking position? In hindsight, of course, because, you know, Gakpo's not done it yet. But would that have been a better shout and then going to get a centre mid? But the, we know the problem, don't we? They're, they're going all out for a certain midfielder in the summer. But and, and it's not even guaranteed we're going to get him. It's and also... Even, and, 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 and even then... Sorry, sorry, man. This is, this is, this is sorry, something sorry, that on, really on. gets on, onto me. The kind of midfielder that we need, Jude Bellingham fulfill certain qualities, not every single one quality. We all know, we all know the type of midfielder we need is Steven Gerrard. Steven Gerrard is the midfielder that we need. Bellingham is not like Steven Gerrard. Bellingham cannot create from deep like Steven Gerrard can. Bellingham does not have the technical quality as Steven Gerrard can. Yes, he's a better dribbler of the ball and better at progressing with the ball, arguably, than Steven Gerrard. But he cannot. He does not possess the technical quality. You can't find many Steven Gerrards out there, though. To be fair, you mate. can't. That, that's the thing. But pulling all our hopes into Jude Bellingham, a twenty-year-old who hasn't got past the Champions League quarterfinals, got and never played a Champions League quarterfinal in his career. Ah, <sighs> oh, Ram, but, I feel being a bit harsh. No, oh, I, I know, I know, I know. I, 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 Ben, I love, I love Jude Bellingham. But Jude Bellingham is not the entire answer to this team. Do you think he's it's, generational? It's been, I think he can be generational, but I don't think he can carry this whole midfield by himself. No, I agree with I, that. I agree with that. Like, I, would ha- I would happily... Like, like Ben, you know me. My dream midfield would be Tonali and Bellingham. That, that guarantees success for a decade. For a decade. Mm-hmm. For me. But Bellingham on his own? No way. I'm sorry. Too much pressure on a young kid. He's not Steven Gerrard. He's, no, he's, not, he's not Steven Gerrard at all. And that's what we need. Well, Bellingham is a quality, yeah. quality player. But Steven Gerrard, I'm sorry, that's the player that we need. But there's no Steven Gerrard out there. But apparently he will be, according to Klopp and the club. And one of the one one of the things about about the the, the longer we let these issues in our team run, and 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 if we if we keep getting these issues and, and some of the systemic issues keep running, when Jude Bellingham comes in, he's not gonna he's not gonna make the impact everyone thinks he's gonna make, as as Rams as Rams was saying. Like if we if we would if we sign if we signed Tushimeni in the summer and then in January we signed we signed another midfielder and then we signed Bellingham, it would make so much sense because then then we're slowly rebuilding midfield. But because we're rebuilding every area but the midfield, if we go and splash 120, 120 million on one midfielder, we're left with the rest of the midfielders we have. He's not gonna he's not gonna solve a single thing because I don't I don't know when I don't know when a, a club midfielder has ever been has ever succeeded or based off an individual. I don't think I don't think ever in the last few years we can ever say that. This midfielder, maybe Fabinho, but even then Fabinho is is is, is quite is quite is quite, is quite more nuanced than it seems. We can, we've never seen in the last few years that a, a single midfielder has been vital to the way Klopp, Klopp operates. It's always been about it's always been a, the the right mix, the right personnel performing the way Klopp wants to midfield to, to, with the way they press. Like we've seen, we've yeah. seen the last we've seen in the 18, 18, 19 and nineteen twenty, arguably our best ever two years on the club. Those two seasons, Fabinho didn't play in every single big game. He wasn't he wasn't crucial in every single game. The same way. When Henderson played, or the same way when Alden played, he wasn't crucial in every single game either. I remember there was a stat about when 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 Genie played DM, we won every single game or something like that. Or, or when Henderson plays DM, we we also play very well. Also, so it's never been a situation about a, a single individual is not going to make this midfield leap up. It has to be a rebuild of the midfield. Yeah. And so if we uh, if we would if we would have signed Tushimani last summer, and then in January we, we find another we find another, we put to find another midfield, and then in the summer we would sign we splash the cash on Bellingham, that makes so much more sense. But if we mm. end up spending a hundred million and we don't have new owners, I can't see a reality where we send Bellingham and then another two midfielders. Because the reality is, we need three new midfielders. Because Henderson, we have we have seven senior midfielders. Henderson, perhaps I'm not going to be too harsh to other people. But Henderson may still have a role in this club. He may be a Milner where he, where he doesn't play that many games, but he might be key. He might be certain in in in, in, yeah, yeah. Show, in mm. Henderson. Henderson. Henderson could easily be a player, in my opinion, where. He comes on centimeters to finish off games. He could and he and he could easily do it. Ten games, probably ten competitive games or fifteen yeah, competitive he, games. 
yeah, and I genuinely Henderson, Henderson definitely still has a role in this Liverpool team. I don't, I don't deny that for one second. Naby Keita could leave in the Naby Keita may leave for the summer. Alex Chamberlain may leave in the summer. Fabinho's clearly fallen off a cliff. Also, Thiago's reached. Thiago's approaching the thirty-two. Thiago, Thiago, Thiago came at the finish of his career, and and he's he's he's, he's, he's starting a project, which I feel so sorry for him. But and 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 you have the, and, and you have the other midfielders. So what we've done to just interject there, what we've done to Thiago Alcantara is absolutely shambolic. Honestly, he, he joined. He joined, I feel he joined the Premier. League and and, and, and we've and two got. Years, yes. so we've got such a good midfielder, world class, one of the best in the world. I don't care what anyone tells me. I know he's not been out here the last month or so. I'm not going to deny that. And he needs to be held accountable for that as well, just as everyone else does. But on the other hand, I can't blame him because he's been put out there with Dumb and Dumber. Fabinho, when he plays, absolutely shocking. Um, he's almost been a one-man midfielder. I know Stefan's come in recently and he's been absolutely sensational. Probably our only um, positive, really, of the last few weeks. But with Thiago Alcantara, when you've got somebody that good, you build around them. You bring in a Jude Bellingham last summer. You bring in a Shuamani last summer. Um, we're, and, you know, I said it, that this is the reason why we aren't sending on, because even on loan, you're paying fees. And to get a, a top player on loan until the end of the season now, you're probably still paying 10, 15 mil for them. We're not going to do that because the club is putting absolutely everything into Jude Bellingham. And I completely agree with what you said, man. Even if we do get Jude Bellingham, I'm going to be happy because I love the I love the kid. I think he's incredible. I I do think he's generational. I think he's potential captain material. I think he does take us to that next level. But I also agree on the other thing you guys said. Not on his own. If we spend eb- absolutely every single penny we have in the bank on Jude Bellingham, the problems are still going to be there because you need a Moses Caicedo. You need um, somebody else because if we're putting absolutely everything into one midfielder, when we, we're sat here knowing we need, okay, three centre mids at least, at least one centre back minimum, that's four already. That's a two, 250 million rebuild on its own. Um, and I don't trust these owners and I do want to get into these owners and I don't trust these owners to get that rebuild done, not in one window. Um, in my... So... As I say quickly, my my only hope is that if we were to if we were to step back and look at this in a perspective from a sporting director, I think okay, we've targeted certain areas in the squad. We, we signed a centre back in Kanate. Gomez Gomez is still young, with we like you know, Van Dijk Van Dijk's at age where he can go for few years. So perhaps the centre back is not a priority, a priority anymore. Then you look at the, our our offense. You look at uh, Nunes. He 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 he's still he's still quite young. You look at. Um, you you look at Diaz, uh, you look at Jota, you look at Salah. These are all quite these are all very very young players still still operating still operating a high level and the defense. So that's not priority more. So hopefully, if I'm looking for a sporting director, sporting director position, their next their next their next their next uh, step will be the midfield. And so hopefully, if you were to get players off the books, like you say, Naby Keita may leave, Chamberlain may leave, a few other players may leave also. But you get his wages off the books. Perhaps that'll open up an opportunity to then rebuild the midfield because the, the, I think I think you will sign two or three or three players, but hopefully because they, they've they've targeted other areas in the squad, that then we will, we will then move on to the midfield. But let's see. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think also the fact that I think we can get away with buying buying only two midfielders and probably a centre back as well, like a decent level yeah. centre back, in my opinion. But even even then, even with then... it. But it just doesn't guarantee success. It doesn't guarantee us challenging for trophies. It's just yeah. a fact of we could probably get away with it and get top four. But other than that, I don't see us doing much. Like, you know, I mean, maybe yeah. someone like Bellingham and Turam together, maybe that's a, like 130, 140 million, 150 probably. Then probably spend 50 million on a centre back, maybe that's 200 M's and maybe get, probably get rid of, I don't know. I, I I'm gonna I'm gonna big up big up Matt from Coppish because he said this before. Um, he thought Joel Matip will be sold after 2021, and his first choice was Sven Botman. And uh, we were like, it could be a shout. It could be a shout. We were linked with him. Happening. We were linked with him, and look what happened. Sven Botman is now tearing up with Newcastle United. Like, People forget that, that January that January 2021 period was an absolute shambles. I mean, like. I, I, I don't know, and that was and that was Michael Edwards' area also. I mean, to sign two centre backs on deadline day, and none of them for, for both of them to still not be at the club, to sign two <laughs> players on deadline day, and for both, and one of them was permanent, one of them was on loan option to buy, and both to be catastrophic failures. Like, but but Mo, this is exactly what we're seeing now with Bellingham. They're not jumping into action because they've got something down the line. They didn't do it then because Canate was coming in the summer. Do you know what I mean? True, like, true, true. When, ben, 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 Canate and that's was... wrong, by the way. 
Canate. No, you're right. You're right. Canate was available to be available to be signed in Jan. Was he injured? They didn't want to pay the money. They didn't mm. want to pay the money. It was 50 million they asked for. In the summer, it would have been 35. But because it's January, it's 50 million. And then mm. they were like, okay, we can't pay that money. So we'll pay the money 35 mil for I mean, the summer that's coming up. One, 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 of the, one of the biggest criticisms about, about the way we operate is that we often, we often look ahead in the future. This, the, the, way, the, way the, the way the owners operate, the way the, the, the sporting director team operates is that they tend to take a position where they look to plan for the future. And rightly so. I mean, that's, that, that's their job. Of course, they're going to do that. But yeah. people, people often forget that one, no, we, we should no longer be in a project-facing mode. We, we, are, we have arrived in a situation where we should be able to have the school where we, we, we compete every, every summer. I mean, if Pep Guardiola tried to claim that he's in a project phase, we'd get laughed at because he spent so much money. So why, why is that any same? We, yes, we haven't spent... Yes, we don't have the squad or we haven't spent millions of the billions that Pep's done. We spent a good enough, we spent a good amount of money and they built a and built a good repertoire of players and, and, and a decent eleven to say that we should be arriving each summer, each each season and say competing with the Prem, competing for the and we haven't been doing that. I mean, 1819, we competed for the Prem and Champions League. 1920, we did that. 2021, 21, we can say, okay, injury injuries collapses. We did the season after until season after until the injuries came in, we were top of the league. Yeah, you're right. You're top, yeah, you're right, exactly. And then, and you look at the season after we did the same again, and then you look at this season also. This season, we, 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 the issues are clear: a, a mm-hmm. players declining and, and not enough investment. So, the point is that these these owners and, and these these owners and these players are forgetting that yes, yes, they can plan for the future and say, okay, we're going to sign Bellingham next summer or we're going to sign these players in the future, but they're sacrificing the here and now for the later. We, nobody, nobody is guaranteed success two, three years time later, but we can be guaranteed success now if we act smartly now. That's the reality. I mean, look, if if we if we send Karnati in the in the January transfer window for for um for fifty million or whatever, and we send someone else, for example, who knows? Maybe perhaps perhaps there's a scenario where we could have been Real Madrid, perhaps, and and and, and in in Champions League where we in the, in the not, not in the final, but in the um in the in the court was the quarterfinals. Yeah, I mean, you look, the like exactly. Do you remember, like do you remember the first goal? The first goal was I mean, the first goal was an all top ball from Cruz Ball. I mean, Tony Cruz. And Nat Phillips a bit too slow. Uh, he he wasn't quick enough on mobile, and that's that's when Nat Phillips is. Perhaps the Canadians there we react to or the the, the the system is much better. These owners and managers are forgetting that yes, they keep sacrificing that they're here and now, they're here and now for the future, and nobody's guaranteed any success in the future. And also the reason the reason why they shouldn't be focused on the future is because we've already spent enough money, we've brought we brought a squad enough already to say that we should be competing every season for the Prem, and we have to refresh, refresh. We're not project. We we can't know, we can't be in the project mindset anymore. No, exactly, mate. And I think we've. Can I? Can... Yeah, of course, Sorry, of course. Can I make a quick analogy because this is perfect for Go this on. type of thing. You know, when you have to say you have to like clean up your room, yeah, and you keep on putting it off until the weekend, and then you got so much to clean off. If you just cleaned your room every single day, little by little, it wouldn't. It would probably take an, maybe half an hour. But in this weekend, it'll probably take one and a half hours for you to clean the entire room because of the mess that you leave. That is literally Liverpool Football Club in terms of transfers. If we've spent little by little, every single summer, every single window, we wouldn't have to have a major rehaul in players. It, we wouldn't. We would, we would. If we say we spend about fifty million extra every January or every, sorry, every summer window on maybe one player or possibly even two players that are good enough to play for this squad, we wouldn't have to be spending like 100, 200 million just to re- refresh parts of our team. That's how mm. that's how Liverpool Football Club have run. This club, and, and, that's and, how they run and what's club. The and, and the biggest shame is that a few years back ago, it looked like we were doing what you would say, we were doing it smartly. I mean, each summer we were kind of refreshing there. And then, I mean, I think I've, I've got a near me somewhere. But it was it was it was looking at somehow about um look you look at season seventeen we signed Mane and we we signed Mane the other few minutes the season after we signed Salah and and Chamberlain then we signed Van Dijk in the January so the season after we signed I think it's Keita Ali Keita. Why Mo? Mo Actually, Ali, Ali, why? I know because the continuum. Yeah. No, it's not even that. Even before sixteen seventeen, we we sold a lot of players for big money. Yeah. Mamadou yeah, Shaka yeah. went for about thirty mil. Christian Benteke went for 32 yeah. mil. The left back was sold to Bournemouth. What was his name? Was Smith? Jordan Ibe. Brad Jordan Smith Ibe as well. Brad Smith, there we go. Danny Ward, uh, what did we get for him? 15 million? 12, 15 12. mil. Dominic yeah. Solanke went for 20 mil. Rian Brewster, his name? There's 20 a guy, mil. There's, what was it? Uh, Kevin Stewart. 
sold for eight mil, which Sad would then be accumulated for, for Andrew Robertson. Like that's yeah, how so that's we... how the club has been operating. And then people would want to say our oh, net spend is not real. For for our club, the way it's run, sell to buy is how we run. So net spend for us in terms of transfers is real. And that can't happen now when we're seeing all these, you know, state-owned clubs like Newcastle. I mean, City are in a bit of bother now. We're not going to have time to discuss that today. But um, all these clubs that have the money, Newcastle are coming in. Uh, United obviously have their money. Chelsea now spending 500. We can't. Like, we are literally going to be 7th, 8th, ninth permanently if they continue this way. So the two choices are you either stay and you give the manager the assurances that you must have promised him when he signed the contract. Because why on earth would he sign that contract if he wasn't promised assurances? So you either stay and do that, or you sell up and go and leave the club to somebody that can, because we are gonna we are gonna get left behind by Newcastle. Do you know how mad that is? They're in the championship two seasons ago. And now they're above us and they look way better than us. They've got more money. It's like Football can change so fast. But, lads, it's been an amazing discussion. And I just want to quickly touch on Everton um, before we finish up. What what do you want to see, uh, Mo? You go first. Because, again, we, we've spoken on the familiarity with this team and how opponents find it so easy to play against us. Do we stick with what we've been doing and hope that it comes good? Or do you want to see something completely different from the manager? I mean, Everton games, I mean, even at, even at our peaks, it's so difficult, Tough. but mm. exactly. like It's never been easy. I mean, 18-19, the nil-nil draw away from home. Seems to be for 19-20, we, we beat them. We, 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 we were quite good against them. We beat them by home like 5-2, but then lock, after lockdown, we drew a nil-nil against the season after. We drew 2-2, then lost to them by Anfield. Then this, this last season, last season, we were pretty impressed. Last season was absolutely amazing, but then again, they were going through a bit of bother now last season when we beat them. We played them at the right time. But this season, I mean, the back of the Arsenal way, I mean, I'm glad they beat Arsenal. So hopefully that means they're, bit, they're less motivated for this, if, 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 if that's even possible. But, um, I mean, what I hope is that these, these players get right up for it. They, 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 they get right, they, they feel something. The same way Everton, when they, when, when, when they played Arsenal, they, you could see that this meant more to them. I mean, even if they lost, I mean, the, the intention and the, the desire was there from minute one. I hope I hope we see that similar similar sort of desperation, if if, if you can call that, from from our players, where they feel like, can we really lose another game to our rivals? Our, our, all of them. I mean, unforgivable reason, if they lose that on Monday night. Unforgivable. Exactly, exactly. And and one of the one of the things about um, Klopp, Klopp, I don't know if you guys, but Klopp normally always plays down the like the nature of his derbies. I mean, so he never he likes to play down the derby a lot. Like he, he doesn't really take it. He doesn't really play our big Merseyside. But he, he's not really that kind of manager as, as opposed to our previous managers. But so I hope I see. I mean, I want to see desperation. That's what I want to see. I want to see some. I want to see the, the intensity. There. I want to see the application there. I mean, I hope. I hope Klopp does make some tactical tweaks. I hope we don't play it because if if because if we play against those three midfield, was it Onana, um, Idrissa Gana Gay, and who's the other one? Idrissa Gana Gay. Corey. That trio of midfield with their power. With, with, the desire that's PNP power and pace physicality that's what we used to have man an application they're they're gonna be they're gonna be on us from minute one they're gonna play hard they're gonna and they're gonna play dirty also I mean so if if our midfielders don't want it if we cannot control the game we will lose the game that's the reality or we will draw that's 100 if we cannot take this to take this take this thing out of it and we can't control the game we're gonna lose or draw one million percent so it's just about it's just about can the players Take this thing out of it. Can they control the game a bit more? Because we are technically, we should technically, in terms of technical ability of players, we should be able to control the game one hundred percent. Trent Robertson, Van, uh, uh, Gomez, Matip, uh, Bajetic, Thiago, um, Salah, Nunes, Gapo. They should be able to technically control the game. They should be able to take this thing out of it. If we can keep the ball, we will win the game. But the reality is that if we if we if we give away too many turnovers, if we don't play hard, if we don't play intense, if we don't if we don't play with that intensity, then we will lose the draw of the game. That's that's my opinion. So two things. I hope I hope we see a tactical tweaks. I hope maybe maybe a diamond because I, I keep going back to the Spurs game. We beat them, we beat the Spurs two one. That was a fantastic game. I mean, we, we played very hard and we won. I mean, we were defensively so good that game. So maybe a tactical, mm. maybe play a diamond like that. But maybe play a diamond. Maybe Nunes, Salah, and Elliot in the, in pockets, half spaces or whatever. And then, um, but then if he doesn't make any tacticals, if we if we apply ourselves, we can win the game also. But we have to see. We have to see. Yeah. I'm not looking forward to the game. Um, one thing I want to see is Nat Phillips playing play at the back. 
Nat Phillips needs to play. Especially be cool, the, man. It'll be especially with them set pieces. The guy needs to that's play. Not fun. That's in the air. Do, 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 the guy, do, do, do. the guy can head a meteor away from Earth. That's how good he is in the air. Like, who would you part with him? No, oh, that's a tough toss one. of a coin, man. Toss of a coin. I really don't know. Both of the both. I, I, I'd, I'd say Gomez. Matima Gomez are very both. different, so it's quite important who you partner, who you, who you play. I'd say players. Gomez because then you've got some pace. No, but the, but the, well, you know what? One imagine, of the things I love about the problem with I mean, Gomez I, is that he has that bozo gene inside of him. Yeah, but imagine, imagine Matip and Nat Phillips defending a counter attack. Matip, Matip, cheeky deflection or cheeky on goal. <laughs> That's always on my cards with Matip. Oh, man, don't even. I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll I was go, at I'll that Man Matip. City game last season, man. It's heart wrenching stuff. Off game deflections, what a shame, man. Mm. But uh, the, I, I, the reason why I'd go with Matip is because I do think Matip is, is better on the ball, in my opinion. And I do think Matip offers us more progressively. I mean, I, I love the runs, the runs where he beats two, where he beats two lines of, of two phases. Don't of do play. that no more. He did it quite often against Wolves, though. I don't know if you guys. He did that quite. I think. I think. It was, I think against Wolves, he was, he was quite desperate to do it. So it looked. It looked a bit rough. But oh, I mean, he's better on the ball than Gomez. That's, that's, that's a given. So that's, oh that's yeah, in possession, there's nothing wrong with Joe Matip. It, oh, that's the thing. That's, we have we have to control the game to win. So hope, I'd go Matip, yeah. in my opinion. Go on, and I feel, like Matt, I feel like Matip shows more expression. He's more aggressive. He's more... He, he, like, maybe he's not per, as perfect as Gomez, but he shows a bit more... Like, a bit, a bit more aggression, a bit more intensity than Gomez does, in my opinion. But, but yeah. Go on, Ram. That's, that's pretty much it. That's all I want to say. Nat Phillips should be playing this game. And... Um... What do you do with the attack? <sighs> I'm tired of seeing Gakpo up front, man. I really am. But Diogo is in training this week, supposedly. I don't know if this I'm game will come. I'm not rushing Diogo through. back. I am not. I am not doing. That. I, th- I think. I think Jota might come off the bench because he he had the full training. He had a full training last week, and then rehab the day after. And this this week is going to be in full training every day, apparently. I'm so too scared to lose him again. He probably should go off the bench. Period. I'm really scared. Jota is. Jota is. We have to ease him back. We have to ease him back eventually. So I, I want to see everything game because I can see, I can see a situation where a nasty challenge comes if one of these Everton plays and he gets in. So and you know how Everton I'll... are, man. Everton will go flying into challenges just to rile. Yeah, yeah, they will yeah. try to rile yeah, us yeah. up. That's how they. That's how they played for the yeah. last since the since since probably all of us game. were born. That's how they played. Is that is that? I don't. Last know, I don't like not... saying it. It's that loser yeah. mentality that they have. The game at Anfield was so was just so hard to watch before he scored two goals. I mean. It was so tough. I mean, and you remember the season what they were going to do. Season before, I remember that Thiago challenge and the whole event. Like it, like they, they, I don't know. Yeah, so I'd agree with you. I'd even th- thirteen. I'll go back even further. Thirteen, fourteen, when Morales almost broke Luis Suarez's leg. Yeah. Like if yeah. you guys remember that, mm-hmm. they they have they have done this in the past. That's how they've been playing against us. Mm. My my thing with this team, yeah, is I've been thinking long and hard about it. I don't really care who starts, to be honest. I'm at that point now where I don't think any of them, apart from Alisson, Stefan, probably just those two deserve their guaranteed spot in the in the team for the next game. Possibly Trent as well, just because we don't have anybody else. Um, but all I all I will say is the eleven players that do play in this game, honestly, if they don't win it, they shouldn't play in the next game, and uh, that's. The big statement to make, but they've had so many chances. And if you can't turn up for a Merseyside derby at Anfield, you're not going to turn up. Um, and for me, this is really one last chance now for these players um, to prove that they have still got it in them to turn up for these big games and that they do want to see where the season can take us. Because let's be real, I think top four, I know we spoke about him in the last part. I don't know if your opinions change. It's probably gone now. Um, but we need to find our dignity now. We need to find our. our passion again and I'm not saying we're going to beat Real Madrid but we need to get up to that Real Madrid game in the best shape possible on the back of some wins um, because then at least we have a chance so all of that I believe should start on Monday at least, Go, at least Real, Madrid, Real Madrid not playing well either in, in their, in their, yeah, in their, their that, but I'm sure we said that last season as well so yeah. um, you know I, yeah, I, I Real Madrid know. just always find a way man I don't know Is he, yeah, but, um, Real Madrid. Yeah, exactly. But listen, we'll we'll see what happens on Monday night. Uh, but like I said, we have to win it. It's absolutely 
unforgivable if they do even if they draw it that's no good a win and nothing but um but guys we, we are going to leave it there we've we've got through so much today in the space of an hour so boys absolutely smashed it a joy as ever talking to you guys real genuine conversations um no agendas around here just pure fans having their opinions on topics that have to be discussed and these podcasts are hard at the minute i'm not gonna lie i feel like me mo and, and ram are always repeating the same stuff time after time after time and we are just in the hope that in one one of these games they will give us something good to talk about but hopefully that will be the next game guys thank you for sticking around if you made it to this spot in the podcast smash a like button subscribe Make sure you also uh, we're on Spotify and Apple. So if you if you listening as your preference or whatever, if you're in the car or you're out and about, stickers on there if you want and um, give us a follow. So guys, take care, and we'll see you all in the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network.